if I were going to make this movie longer, what would I want to see more of? <laughs> fan fiction. Oh, yep. Kim, that should be our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bollywood fan fiction. Yeah, that we write. <laughs> <laughs> or not, you know. I'm very game. Right. everyone and welcome to two white girls talk bollywood i'm kim and i'm katie and we're here to talk about singing and dancing and bollywood boys we are indeed and this week bollywood boys who make a lot of very poor decisions yeah (laughs) i actually kim have to start off with a shout out uh-huh. Uh, to you. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I would like to shout out my dear friend Kim, the, the co-host of this podcast, for not grabbing me and shaking me every single time. I was like, yeah, I don't really remember that movie. <laughs> I don't think I watched that. Because this entire time you're like, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yep, I just watched Really Keep Arfie again. And I was like, huh, okay. I mean, Sure. <laughs> I loved it. Yay! (laughs) And I'm just, I'm like, how have I moved through life over the past, like, year and a half since I last watched it, not remembering that this movie existed? Yeah. And you did know, and yet you never pushed. You were very patient. You were like, I don't know what's up with her, but she's on her own journey. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think... If I were to have pushed you, maybe that love wouldn't have happened. So it needed to happen organically in Mm -hmm. this way. Um, And again, we said it last week, but we did watch a lot of Bollywood very quickly in a short space of time. So things were bound to slip through the cracks. That's true. But here we are now. Now it has been reintroduced to you and it can become a part of the regular rotation. (laughs) Yes. And I was thinking because I was re-listening to our episode from last week, and you had mentioned that Ayushman Karana plays these characters that pretty consistently are fundamentally nice people, but maybe make the wrong choices and act yes. kind of like jerks up until someone shows them the air of their ways. And I was mm-hmm. like, I see that. And I yes. see him learning and I'm here <laughs> for it. Yeah, that's kind of the role he's played in every movie I've ever seen him do. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's different lessons and it's different kinds of characters, but that's a pretty consistent thing. And I like that about him because it makes me think that Ayushman Karana himself is a very knowledgeable, smart, sweet, yeah. kind guy that he can read these scripts and be like, I know all of the problems that these people have, so I can portray them. Yes. Um, but I'm not like that. I'm just genuinely a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> And Rajkumar Rao was just fantastic. Yep. Also, Kriti's just so great. She is phenomenal. And this is one of my favorite movies with her in it. And I just, I love the character that she plays. And I don't even know how to describe my love for Kriti. Like, it kind of transcends words. I think we've said this before. It sort of feels like she's our friend. Yeah. And we're just like, (laughs) yes, Kriti, go, go, go. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Like, just nice, down-to-earth, but also supremely talented. Yeah. And growing more skilled with each and every film that she does. Definitely. And it's just, I have goosebumps. It's incredible. I just have really loved watching her trajectory and to see how much she has coming out and how much she's been in and recently. It's just, it's fantastic. 
I totally agree. She's really excellent. And then, of course, to round out our top four here, we've got another another Pankaj Tripathi. Uh, I always put an extra T in that last name. Pankaj Tripathi. I, again, absolutely love him. Adorable. (laughs) He's so funny and he's so good at playing these weird roles that I think other people would make seem over the top or mm-hmm. would seem kind of uncomfortable to see them playing it and he just embodies them so well. Yeah. And in addition to our phenomenal cast, the director for this movie is Ashwini Ayer Tiwari. And I do find it really interesting that the IMDb title of this movie is Seeking True Love. And yeah. I have no idea where that title came from given the fact that Bareilly Key Barfi just means the Barfi of Bareilly. Right. No, I saw that too because I was trying to find it and I was like, okay, it's not coming up. So then I literally went to Creedy's like IMDb page uh, yeah. and was just scrolling and went by it yeah. because I was looking for Bareilly Key Barfi. And yeah, and I'm like, who, what? Who did this? Because also it's- I don't think it's a great title. No, I in agree. English. It, it doesn't tell us anything about the movie. And like, sure, the movie is about seeking love and falling in love. But I don't know, that just makes it sound so like watered down. Yeah, I think. And it, they again, they could have just so easily called it Bareilly's Barfi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're done. I did also just because it's definitely not going to come up organically in the entire <laughs> recap of this film. But I usually Karana's eyes are just so beautiful and sparkly. He has very expressive eyes. I also really like his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to say it. I agree. And I also really like his hair. Yeah. I like his face. His whole face. His whole head. You know, really all of him. <laughs> <laughs> just gradually expands out. Yeah. Just top to bottom. Floor to ceiling. Ayushman Karana. Thumbs up. It's great. Excellent. That's all I have now. You can, you can, you can begin. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so Bareilly Key Barfi opens in Ektanagar in the neighborhood of Bareilly at the home of the Mishra family. And right away we get very familiar with the Mishra family. And I forgot that this is how this movie opens, but yeah. it is such a good opening because the father of the family he's going through his usual morning routine and listen we all have our morning routine (laughs) and we all have you know the things we need to kind of get certain aspects of that routine going um Mm -hmm. and he needs a cigarette he needs to take his morning poo and he needs a cigarette in order to facilitate this process and Um, the whole family knows it the whole family knows about it really the whole neighborhood knows about it yeah I just wrote like, oh, poop humor, because it (laughs) continues to shock me just how much poop humor is, it like crops up in Bollywood films. It does come up a lot, yeah. Because I think it's so funny, because generally in Hollywood, you'll have like a few of like the quote unquote raunchier comedies that talk about poop. But for the most part, Hollywood films were like, that's indecent, we would never talk about poop. Let's yeah. just throw sex at you. Like, a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and sex and violence. Bollywood's like, no, let's let's reel back on the sex part. But, like, poop is just a function that everyone yeah. does. Poop's <laughs> out there. We can talk it. about it. Yeah, and I particularly, like, I'm not usually one for poop humor, but this no. this whole sequence is very funny to me. And it every, was great. It's very well written. It's very believable that these characters are 
a family mm-hmm. um, because mom goes and wakes up their daughter Bitty. She's also a smoker, uh, and so she she doesn't have any cigarettes though. So she goes out onto the street and literally like takes a cigarette out of the mouth of a man who's sitting on the street. Yeah. Um, takes a drag of it, which is very unsanitary, and then passes it to her dad through the bathroom door. So this is yep. how we how we get to know these characters. <laughs> But so Bitty is our heroine, and she, in addition to smoking cigarettes, she's got some other non-traditional habits. Um, she loves to eat meat. She loves to watch bootleg English movies that she only understands about 60% of. Um, she likes to gamble. She likes to break dance. And right away <laughs> we go into our first dance number, Twist Kamaria. They're at a wedding. There's a lot of hip twisting, and it's a good time. Yeah. I wrote, I am delighted. And that's all I said about this dance number, and I think it's true. And I, from what I can remember, I think this is actually my favorite. Okay, cool. So I think that'll work out nicely. Yep. Um, It was just great. I love the energy that Bitty brings to this dance. Like, she's clearly so vibrant, and, like, I love that she just practices her breakdancing on the roof. Like, she just lives her life according to what she wants to do in the moment, and... I really respect that. I do too. I love Bitty's character. She's a really like well-written, fully realized character. She's super confident in who she is. And then at the same time, as we start to see, she's also kind of insecure about who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, because after we see this dance at this wedding, we see that a boy and his family have come to meet Bitty for an arranged marriage. And when she and this boy go to talk in private, the boy asks her point blank if she's a virgin. <sighs> And Bitty is obviously offended by this, and rightfully so. Um, And she throws back at him, like, well, are you a virgin? And he's like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm a virgin. It only matters if you're a virgin. Which, like, come on, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, so backwards and so old-fashioned in his thinking. But Bitty's like, no, I'm not a virgin. Got a problem with that? And yes, he does. And so he and his family leave. And she's clearly upset by this, not because she wanted to marry this man, but because she feels like she's letting down her family. We learn that she's already had two engagements that got called off, presumably because she was seen as an unfit bride. And her mom especially is like really desperate to get her married. But her dad loves her. Her dad's great. He's super supportive. He's telling her, you know, don't take your mom's comments to heart. But Bitty is saying that it would have been much easier for them if she had been born a boy. No one would have cared that she's a smoker. No one would care that she likes to stay out late or that she is picky about who she wants to marry. And dad is like, yeah, I don't believe in any of that. But unfortunately, that is the world we live in. Mm -hmm. I made a note here that I've always felt like this family dynamic is very similar to the Bennetts in Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With fewer daughters, but like yes. just, you know, the kind of, what's the word I'm looking the for? The mother is like, why can't you just be more what society wants you to be yeah. so that I can marry you off? Like that's all I want to yeah. be happy. Yeah. The wedding crazed mom, the mm-hmm. supportive dad, and the kind of headstrong daughter. Yeah. Um, it's all very Bennett-esque. But so Bitty, after having this conversation with her father, she's decided that she's such a disappointment to her family that she needs to run away. (laughs) So she goes to the train station, she packs her bags, um, and while she's waiting, she's looking at some books. Mm -hmm. And she 
has to throw one at the bookseller to get him to wake up so she can buy one. But he ends up selling her a book called Bareilly Key Barfi. But so she gets on the train, she's got the book, she's reading it, and we see her start to get like more and more excited about mm-hmm. what it is she's reading in this book. And so then the next thing we see is Bitty's mom finding the letter that she left saying that she was yeah. running away and she's like reading it and she's starting to cry and then Bitty like walks through the door. Yep. <laughs> and I love that scene because then the mom just turns on a dime and she's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and Bitty's like totally casual about it. She's yeah. like, yeah, I changed her mind. Yep. <laughs> she's like, yeah, no big deal. Don't worry about it. But so then we see Bitty go and talk to her friend Rama and we learn why it is that she's excited about this book. It's because it's about her. Mm -hmm. It's about a heroine who does all of the same stuff that she does, um, lives her life in exactly the same way. And she's she's pretty excited to know that there's someone out there who thinks that she is enough, that she exactly as she is, is enough to love because that's what this story is about. And so she and Rama look at the back of the book and they see that the name of the author is Pratam Vidrohi. And there's a picture there next to his name. And Mm -hmm. we don't see that picture yet. But We cut to a man riding a motorcycle. Yes. And at first you might think that this is Pratam Vidrohi, but it is not. It is Chirag Dubey. And we learn that Chirag is still in love with his ex, Bob Lee, who married another man several years ago, um, and he's never been able to get over her. And on the night of her wedding, he wrote Bareilly Ki Barfi about mm. Bob Lee. There's a voiceover. That's how we get all this information. Yeah. And I just... I love a good voiceover anyway, but this Mm -hmm. one's particularly good. Like, it just struck the right note of humor, and I really appreciated it. I totally agree. Yeah, the narrator is is his own character, and I really enjoy Mm -hmm. that. So Chirag wants to publish his book, but he doesn't want to put his photo on it because he doesn't want people to, like connect him to bubbly but then also like her she's named in the book i'm not totally clear on his motives here (laughs) yeah it's a bit confusing but we'll go along with it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly well this this is what the plot needs so we'll we'll hang on tight um so he convinces his friend pratam vidrohi to put his picture on the back of the book and chirag owns a printing press so he prints the book with vidrohi's picture on it um not a single copy is sold Mm mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> Even so, poor Vidrohi is convinced that all the moms in the neighborhood are going to, like, beat him up when they find out that he wrote this book that he didn't actually write. So right. he flees the city. Chirag's friend Muna is the owner of the bookstall where Bitti bought the book. And he's been keeping, like, ten copies there for years and for the first time sold one successfully to Bitti. Um, and <laughs> and Bitti, she's obsessed with it. I just love, yeah. like... <laughs> I love the, I don't know, the serendipity, serendipitousness. Yes. The serendipatiousness. The serendipatiousness. Quote the movie Serendipity. <laughs> of this fact that one copy is sold and the woman who gets it is just like obsessed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like if only one copy of a book were ever going to sell, it should go to its biggest fan. Exactly. But so Bitty, she has decided she wants to, to meet Vidrohi. And so she goes to Muna um, at the bookstall and Muna explains that Vidrohi used to live in Bareilly, but he's disappeared from town and no one knows where he is. Um, and so Bitti gives him her address. Muna gets Chirag's permission and then he goes to Bitti's house and he like drops the name of the printing press where Chirag works and says mm-hmm. that's where Vidrohi's book was published. 
Um, and there's a moment in here that I love where Bitty's mom asks Muna if he's married. And he's like, yeah, I'm married. I'm going to have my first kid in two months. And, yeah. and Bitty's mom's like, okay, bye. Yeah, like, get out. You don't get juice. <laughs> yep. Nope. Just shoes him out of the house. So then Bitty goes to Chirag's shop, which is called Good Luck Printing Press. Um, and she asks for Vidrohi's contact info. And Chirag's like, no, I can't possibly give that to you because crazed fans. We don't know what might happen. But then Bitty explains that she is the protagonist of the book. And this is very shocking to Chirag, who wrote yes. the book, and she is not, in fact, the protagonist. <laughs> but she's saying that she does all the same things that Bob Lee does in the book. I like he even asks her about, like, the breakdancing. And yeah. she does a little, like, pop and love. <laughs> yeah, he, like, does it. And then she's like, yeah, and then does it back. It's great. <laughs> But so Chirag doesn't confess in this moment because he's not totally convinced by this mm-hmm. just yet. He doesn't doesn't know whether he can believe Bitty that she is everything she says she is. And so he tells her to write a letter to Vidrohi, which he's going to deliver to him. And so she writes the letter. She includes a picture of herself that shows her bare midriff, yes. um, which... I mean, After yeah, much would... deliberation with her best pal, yeah. <laughs> which feels very relatable. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's like setting up a dating profile. It's like, okay, this yeah. one shows my midriff. This one shows my smile. But so she she writes this letter, and one of the things she notes in it is that she loves how Vidrohi sees beauty in her flaws and that he understands her. And Chirag, who is the one reading this letter, is mm-hmm. he's starting to get a little... He's getting touched by this. He's, yeah. he's enjoying this a lot. And so he he writes her back and he waits a few days to give her his response to make it seem more realistic. And meanwhile, she keeps going by the shop and like, oh, is there a new letter yet? Is, mm-hmm. Has anything come in yet? And it's very sweet. So he goes to give her the letter a few days later under the guise of doing business with the family because Bitty's dad owns a sweet shop and they're about to celebrate their golden jubilee. Uh, And so he's like, I'll print the invitations for you and I'll do them super cheap because we're friends. And then Bitty's mom asks him if he's married and he's like, no, I'm not. I'm still single. And then he's like, do you want some juice? (laughs) Or she's like, do you want some juice? And so she brings it out to him. It's great. There's this whole like back and forth as he's holding his juice Mm -hmm. where he manages to get Bitty's phone number. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like talking about like, okay, how are we going to notify each other like to talk about this printing job I'm doing for your dad and it's this whole back and forth and and he's like well you could just give me your number and she's like oh yeah but she's completely (laughs) practical about it but he has like the cutest little smirk on his face as he drinks his juice like he knows what he just did (laughs) he's got this whole plan laid out he is there is going to love be love blossoming between these two um and then we go right into this montage number nazim nazim and we're seeing Bitty sending letters to Vidrohi, which Chirag is reading and then writing back. We also mm-hmm. see Chirag send Bitty a Facebook friend request. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at first she kind of ignores it or doesn't notice it. But then we see that the two of them are spending quite a bit of time together. Like when the, as they're exchanging letters, they also kind of hang. Mm-hmm. They're getting to know each other. And then there's a really cute moment where she's like all cuddled up in bed and she accepts his friend request. Yeah. And yeah, like I can like feel my heart flutter in the way that it would in that moment, like as Bitty. <laughs> yes. No, me too. Um, Because also you you would, like, leave it there because you don't want to seem too eager. Exactly. Yes. He plays this just right. Yep. Nothing else in the movie does he do correctly, but this whole, the buildup of their actual romance, he does very well. 
we see them having snacks together. We see them drinking tea and doing yoga and dancing in a like wedding parade that goes by. <laughs> They're having a lot of fun. They're starting to, to develop this relationship. And at the end of this montage, they're drinking together on the street mm-hmm. and Bitty is telling Chirag that she likes him like as a friend, but you know, she likes yeah. him. And she says that she likes that he doesn't treat women like dirt, which that's Lovar, always nice. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not chauvinistic like the other guys that she's known. He main- maintains balance just like her dad. And so she's like, you must be a Libra. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am a Libra. And she's like, well, your birthday must be soon. And he's like, yeah, it's today. It's right now. (laughs) It's so cute that he didn't even tell her. He just, like, knew he wanted to spend his birthday with her. So he was like, as long as we're together, she doesn't even need to know. Yep, that's all that matters. But of course, now that Bitty does know it's his birthday, she wants to do this gesture. So they go to her dad's sweet shop, which is closed, but they break in. (laughs) Yep. And she goes and she gets a little little sweet for him. She puts a candle in it and he blows out the candle and she like feeds him the sweet. It's all very, it's all very adorable. And then she's like, how is it? And he's like, "Eh, it's a little bland. And she kind of like gets this look on her face and then she kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. And he just like, ooh. He just is so excited. (laughs) Oh, my heart is fluttering. It's so good. It's so cute and it's so sweet. And like, he's head over heels for her, but she doesn't know it yet. Yeah. But she's like, she's crushing on him too. But it's, it's like you've got mail. Yes. (laughs) Chirag, we see after this, he replaces the photo that he's been carrying of Bubbly in his wallet with the picture that Bitty sent him. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Chirag is thinking about confessing to Bitty that he is, in fact, the author of Bareilly Key Barfi. He's the one who's been writing these letters. But then he overhears Bitty's mom saying how she hates the author of Bareilly Key Barfi because he poisoned her daughter's mind. You know, and she's, I mean, she's being very overdramatic and exaggerating in the way that she does. But um, Chirag knows that Bitty's parents' approval is very important to her. And so he's like, okay, well... I don't want to tell her because what if she doesn't like me when she finds out that I'm the author of Bareilly Key Barfi since her mom doesn't like the author of Bareilly Key Barfi. Yeah. Is this the scene where he gets his shirt ironed? That, yeah, that does that, happen before this. Yeah, because so cute. Like he took his, like he picked out the shirt he was going to wear to yeah. have this big conversation. He then got someone else to iron it. Yep. Like he's dressing up and it's the cutest, sweetest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And it makes my heart hurt in the best I, way. It's adorable when people put in effort for the ones they love. But so he has to form a new plan. And so he and Muna find out from Vidrohi's mom where he is. And she explains that he's like living in the city and he has this really important job as a sales manager. <laughs> and they kind of imagine that he's this well put together guy in a suit, like selling luxury vehicles. You know, he's this fancy yeah. car salesman. But then they go and find him and really he's selling saris. <laughs> yeah. Doing it well. Though. Doing it well. Yeah. But still not quite as glamorous as, as what his mom made it sound like no. he was doing. So they go, they find him, and Chirag explains the situation, and Vidrohi is hesitant to help, but Chirag threatens him once again, and <laughs> is basically like, listen, I'm going to tell your mom the truth about what you're doing here, that you're selling saris, unless you help us. And Chirag is like, all you have to do is meet Bitty, break her heart, <laughs> and then I'll be her shoulder to cry on. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um 
super manipulative, but here we are. <laughs> also, like, a super elaborate plan. Like, it's a very <laughs> elaborate plan. Like, there's a lot of things he could have done, like, just tell Bitsy, like, the truth and let yeah. her kind of figure out how to talk to her parents about it, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. He, what he wants doing. to make a mess of things, and so he does. Exactly, yes. <laughs> but so Chirag knows that Bitty doesn't like chauvinistic guys, and so he and Muna train Vidrohi to be a jerk. And we get this montage of them teaching him how to act like a jerk. Uh, and there's a song called Badass Babua playing. <laughs> 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 which is very silly but poor sweet Vidrohi is this is completely opposite to his nature and at one point he's even like just take me as I am nobody likes me except my mom because he's very shy he's very awkward he's very yeah. like sort of bumbling but Chirag's like no you got to be a jerk so they get him new clothes they're teaching him like how to answer the phone like a jerk mm-hmm. um, they're teaching him how to drive a motorcycle and then they have his final test where he, like, drives out in the middle of the street, blocks traffic with his motorcycle, goes to buy some betel leaf, yep, and then <laughs> gets back on his bike. All of the people are shouting at him, like, get out of the way, and he just, like, raises a hand, like, shut up, and gets <laughs> on his bike and drives away. There is a good amount of sexiness to the confidence there, I must say. Even though the action itself is very rude and I would hate it, the confidence is sexy. Yeah, he's learned. He's doing well. Yep. He's doing great. We did this The fine line of like confidence and cockiness is sort of like the whole movie kind of all the men sort of live right in that gray area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so now that we've seen this successful transformation, um, it's time to make a plan for Bitty and Vidrohi to meet. And so they plan this meetup at a restaurant. Meanwhile, in the background of Chirag calling Bitty, Muna and Pratam are like holding hands. <laughs> Because <laughs> Muna is showing Pratam how to like move his hands while he's walking. <laughs> oh my gosh, so he, like, I didn't grabs even his notice. Hand, and they're like walking, holding hands for a little bit. <laughs> but so Bitty, Rama, Chirag, and Vidrohi meet up at this restaurant. So they time it so that right as Bitty and Rama arrive at the restaurant, Muna calls Vidrohi and Vidrohi answers the phone like a jerk. So it's literally like they're walking up the table. Bitty's like, hey, it's nice to meet you. And Vidrohi's like, hang on a sec, answers mm-hmm. the phone. He also forgets her name, and he also is like, wait, which of you is the one I was writing to? Um, So just like, I mean, he plays the part of a jerk very, very well. The letters she's receiving are so romantic and sweet. Yes. And so if I were her, I would just be like, this clearly isn't that person. Whereas the man that I've been spending like all of my free time with is also very romantic and sweet very much like the letters I've been receiving. I don't know. Maybe her brain would make that jump. I feel like you probably could connect those dots, but maybe if you are blinded by love slash what is being told to you in front of your face. That's true, yeah. But no, I agree. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty clear who the real romantic here is. Although, I mean, Vidrohi himself as his actual person is probably... Is, we, He's we know a big is, sweetie, is a yeah. Guy. But anyway, so he, he plays this part very well. Rama is very into it, mm-hmm. um, but Bitty is not. And so she ends up like storming out of the restaurant. Rama goes with her. Clearly, she's very disgusted by his behavior. But Chirag, he can't leave well enough alone. And so he's like, well, we gotta, we have to complete the course of antibiotics is the the metaphor he uses. <laughs> um, and so he convinces Vidrohi to go and meet Bitty's parents so he can really just be in everyone's bad books and just really like nail in the coffin kind of thing. But, uh, oh, yeah. 
well, he did it, so yep, <laughs> yeah, and this completely backfires because <laughs> Vidrohi he brings a sari for Bitti's mom, which she's very appreciative of, and he's still being rude, but today it is coming across more as confidence and mm. less as cockiness. He's now crossed into too far into the other direction. Yes, um, and Bitti's mom, like Rama, is very into it, very attracted to Vidrohi's vibe mm. here, and he even like cracks Bitti's dad's neck. <laughs> Um, yeah. a la, like, like a chiropractor. He does say he had never done that before. Very risky. Like, you could have injured that man. Yeah, you could have made that problem so much worse, but it does go well. Um, and I do love that her mom is clearly so smitten with him because she offers him, like, tea or juice or whatever yeah. he wants and does not offer... Or do, maybe she does offer Chirag some stuff. No, she, like, literally tells Chirag he can leave. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, you can see yourself out, Vidrohi, would you like some hot tea? She's, like, yeah. gonna go the extra mile for this man. And Chirag is very clearly upset by this, but now he can't let Vidrohi off the hook because mm. now people are into him. And so he's gotta, like, they've gotta come up with a plan to make the family hate him. But so then, after we see Shrog kind of, like, reacting to how this has gone, we see Vidrohi and Bitti actually bump into each other at the market. And so they have a, a one-on-one conversation where Bitti's like, you are not who I thought you would be. I was expecting, exactly like you said, Katie, I was expecting a romantic because the letters you wrote were very romantic, but instead you're this bully. Mm-hmm. And Vidrohi's like, listen, circumstances make people what they are. They make people bad. They make people bitter, but even bitter people have a heart. And then he starts to cry, and Bitty is looking at him very, very sympathetically. Yeah. Well, because um, he also just came from, like, a conversation with his mom where he yeah. was saying, like, he's essentially unlovable, and for some reason the problem is always with him. Yeah. And, like, and his, yeah. his mom puts a lot of pressure on him, and he doesn't feel like he can really be himself. So, Vidrohi's going through it, too. <laughs> yeah. So the next day we see Chirag asking Bitti if she likes Vidrohi and she's like, you know what, at first I didn't, but I'm starting to realize there's more to him and I think I do kind of like him Um, and my parents really like him, so I want to get to know him better. And then Chirag's like, well, do you like me? And Bitti's like, yes, you're my very good friend. And Chirag's (laughs) like, well crap <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he even say like friend zone she's he friend zoned like, me i've been friend zoned yes. <laughs> um the and muna drive up and Vidrohi and bitty are like joking around with each other and bitty's like well you gotta stay you've gotta come to my family's golden jubilee and tarag's like no we can't he's he's leaving today we gotta put him on a train like bye mm-hmm. uh but Vidrohi is He's seeing Bitty like feeling really sad and feeling disappointed that he's not going to stay, and so he tears up his train ticket. Mm-hmm. And Chirag is very upset by this. Yeah, it's like he wants to murder him, Buddha, like literally torturing Vidrohi. <laughs> yeah, they start um, waterboarding him. Yeah. yeah, and I wrote that it's just like it's like Fezic trying to sober up Inigo <laughs> Montoya. That's the move they're doing, just mm-hmm. dunking his head into some water. But Vidrohi explains that the reason he's staying, it's not for Bitti, it's because he's got a crush on Rama, and he thinks Rama might have a crush on him too, which she definitely does. Oh yeah. And so he wants to hang out for a little while longer just to see if she likes him back and see if something can happen there. And so Chirag and Muna are like, okay, we'll stop torturing you. And now it's time for the Golden Jubilee, and we get the song uh, Sweetie Tara Darba, which is my pick for my fave. Good. Um, 
this has been on like my Bollywood jams playlists for many years now. Um, mm-hmm. And I really, I love everything about it. Bitty is wearing an excellent pink and gray ensemble, which is a great color combo. And I also like they're all, all three of these actors are really good dancers. Yeah. Um, like Kriti especially, and Ayushman Karana is also like, he became famous like as a performer before mm. he became famous as an actor. So like he has, he's like a hot, got a whole singing career. He does all this dancing stuff. So like he's super talented. And yeah. I feel like all three of them kind of tamp it down for this number to make it seem more like they're normal people just bopping and having a good time. Yeah. I also love that you see Bitchy's mom mm-hmm. like moving through the crowd trying to interfere. Like whenever Chirag is dancing yeah. with Bitchy, she like kind of grabs him and like <laughs> pulls him away. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny. And there's a great moment, too, where Bitty's mom gets really into the dancing and her dad is just like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but all of it is very cute. And then after this dance number, Tarag finds out that Bitty's mom wants Bitty to marry Vidrohi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, spur of the moment, cooks up this lie that Vidrohi is actually a divorcee. It's just like lies on lies on lies. He's ruining lives and he doesn't even care. (laughs) Just like digging this hole deeper and deeper and deeper instead of climbing out of it. And so then that isn't enough of ruination for him. Then he tells Vidrohi that Rama the day before like met a guy for an arranged marriage. The guy really liked her. And so if Vidrohi wants to make a move, he's got to do it like now. And he's got to make a public declaration. Mm -hmm. Um... And Muna overhears this, and Muna's like, you're a straight-up villain, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Chirag sort of seems a little flattered by this. He's like, yeah, I am. And so See, now he day- has crossed the line into being cocky. Yes, exactly. With no good reason to be. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the pendulum is swinging all over mm-hmm. the place. So then the next day, Vidrohi does propose to Rama. He does it in front of Chirag and Bitti, and it's very stiff it's very awkward it's very uncomfortable nobody's excited about it (laughs) and rama says no and she says that you know she morally doesn't feel comfortable with marrying a divorcee and vidrohi's just like yeah sure i get it (laughs) and then he's like wait what (laughs) yeah who's who's divorced (laughs) who's divorced and Chirag is just kind of sitting there. He just, like, pulls out his phone and starts taking pictures. Meanwhile, Rama's like, I mean, Chirag told everybody you're a divorcee. <laughs> well, how did he think this was going to shake out? Like, I, I know he's right there. Like, <laughs> it's very elaborate and very stupid. And also, yes. I'm here for every minute of it. <laughs> In the next scene, we see Vidrohi yelling at Chirag and Muna. He's saying that they've turned his life into a huge joke. He tells Chirag that he's selfish, which is incredibly accurate. And he says, like, you know what? I'm sick of this. You've ruined my life. Now I'm going to ruin your life and I'm going to steal Bitty away from you. And we learn that Bitty, in fact, she doesn't care about the proposal to Rama. She's not phased by that. We also learn she doesn't care that Vidrohi is a divorcee, which he's not, but she thinks he is. And she doesn't yep. mind that. And she thinks Rama is stupid for turning Vidrohi down for that reason alone. Um, We also see her straight up ask Vidrohi if he cares that she's not a virgin. And Vidrohi's like, I literally don't know what that means. Like, why would I care? (laughs) Um, And so things are not looking so good for Chirag. Like, these two are bonding. These two are finding common ground and seeming to really come to like each other a lot. And so then after we kind of see some of these conversations happening, we cut to Bitty telling her parents that she wants to get married. 
and they have mixed responses to this. Bitty's mom is obviously like, yeah, she's getting married. This is all yeah. I've ever wanted. I literally don't care who she's marrying as long as she's getting married. <laughs> and Bitty's dad is like, I mean, are you sure about this? Yeah. You know, just make sure you're not jumping into anything. And then he like starts to get a little weepy thinking right. about life without her. And it's just very sweet. It's, yeah. Ugh. Very Mr. Bennett. Like, yes. now that you've said it, I'm like, yeah, all of these things <laughs> happening, it all lines up. Yeah. It's like nothing else about this story is like Pride and Prejudice, no. just the family dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> but so, and then we see Bitty and Chirag having a conversation where Bitty is saying she doesn't even care about who wrote the book Bareilly Kibarfi. Like, that doesn't even matter to her anymore. What matters to her is that Vidrohi is kind to her. He loves her and she'll be happy with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chirag is like, well, listen, there are a lot of people out there who could love you. Don't let that be the only reason that you choose to be with someone. And Bitty's like, no, that's not what my life has been like. I have been constantly yeah. rejected by so many people so many times. Like, look at you. You've gotten to know me. You don't want to marry me. So, like, why would anybody Ugh. want me? And Chirag is just like, it's like, come on, boy, just tell her the yeah, truth. He should have just said it then. This is so yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, It's stupid, but I love the drama. (laughs) I know, exactly. It's like we got to build up to the big climax here. But so he doesn't. He does not take this opportunity. Um, And so Chirag and Vidrohi get in another fight. Chirag is saying he's going to tell everyone the truth. Um, And Vidrohi is saying it's going to break Bitti's heart. It's going to break her family's heart. And Chirag's like, I don't care if my heart's broken. Everyone's heart gets broken. Mm -hmm. He goes to the, the Mishra family home. Um, And it's all decked out for the coming engagement ceremony. We've got the marigolds hanging from the walls. We've got lights everywhere. It's looking beautiful. Um, And he goes up to Bitty's room, and she is looking absolutely stunning. Yeah. um, Getting all dolled up. And she's like, how do I look? And he's like, you look beautiful. Uh. And then she's like, okay, well, what did you come here to tell me? And he can't bring himself to say it. He's looking at her. He's looking at how happy she is. And he decides he's not going to say anything. My this heart. Is the, this is the moment of growth. I actually um, am like tearing up. That's how deeply I feel <laughs> in this moment. Ah, it's beautiful. Well, and then we get like what I think is my favorite scene in the movie where mm-hmm. Bitty's mom calls Chirag downstairs because she wants to try Vidrohi's ring on him. Yeah. And so she like forces the ring on his finger and she's like, doesn't it look great? Oh, it looks beautiful. And Chirag's just like looking at this wedding ring that will never be his. Yeah. That's going to be given by a woman who he's he's loved for so long. <sighs> and then they, they can't get it off. It's stuck on his finger and like the whole family crowds around and they're trying to pull it off. And he's just like dying. He's yeah. just standing there like, miserable and then beautiful beautiful bitty comes down the stairs and she like grabs him by the hand and brings him into the bathroom and she's mm-hmm. like holding his hand running it underwater soaping it up to like get it off and he's just like so in love and so sad isn't he just like staring at her the entire time yeah, yeah. and then he's just like staring at his hand once she gets the ring off and he's yeah. just realizing he's been so stupid he's made all of these horrible choices that have led to him losing this amazing woman who he never even had the chance to like I mean he had so many chances to tell her but he never had the chance to like have anything real with her he took it too far he He was the one who decided this had to happen (laughs) yeah exactly he brought all of this upon himself 
And he's realizing it in this moment. And we get this little montage of him kind of remembering their time together. Um, We see him sadly dance alone in the streets. And he cries. It's just very sad. And then we see him talking to Muna. And he tells Muna that love has taught him to find happiness in other people's happiness. And so Mm. if Bitty is going to be happy with Vidrohi, then he's going to be happy for her. That's an expensive lesson to learn. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there could have maybe been other more straightforward ways to learn it, but whatever. whatever. (laughs) And so we then also see Chirag go and apologize to Vidrohi, and we see Vidrohi forgive him for everything that's happened. And Chirag gives Vidrohi a letter that he has written to Bitti as Vidrohi. And he's like, this is for you to read at the engagement ceremony, because you're a terrible writer. I'm a good writer. You can read this (laughs) at at the engagement ceremony. Um, And so the day of the engagement arrives, Chirag is there, he's literally like helping to make the the sweets. Um, And Bitti, she comes out, she's looking stunning, and Vidrohi gets up to read the letter, but he's lost his voice. Mm -hmm. Um, So he can't. So he calls on Chirag to come up and read the letter for him. And Chirag was like begging not to be the one to read it. I mean, he doesn't want to say the words he know he wrote on this paper out yeah. loud. Like he, it would have been hard enough to hear them. So he gets up, he reads the letter. It's this very sweet, like very teasing letter that's also very sentimental. There's a mm. moment where the power cuts, but he keeps reading even though it's dark. It's very Kalhonaho. Uh, yep, it's very <laughs> Kalhonaho-esque. He says that it's not always easy to love her, but it's even harder not to love her. And she, meanwhile, Bitty's crying. Mm -hmm. Everyone's crying. And he ends the letter by saying, no one in this world will love you as much as I do. Will you marry me? And Bitty stands up. She walks across the roof to him and she says yes. Mm -hmm. And Chirag turns to Vidrohi and he starts to gesture him forward. And Bitty's like, no, you. And she points at him. (laughs) And then she's like, how long are you going to hide it? Right. And then we learn Bitty knew all along. Yeah. <laughs> or My God. Least, <laughs> she must have just start. been like, I want to kick this man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so we, what we find out is that conversation that Bitty and Vidrohi had in the market Right after the cut that we see that then goes into the next scene, Vidrohi actually reveals to her, Chirag wrote Bareilly Ki Barfi, Chirag is the one who's in love with you, I'm just this awkward guy who's in love with your friend Rama. <laughs> and so they, this whole time, this whole thing has been a scheme. Everyone knew. Bitti's parents knew. Everyone was planning this wedding, ultimately knowing that it was going to be Chirag as the groom and not Vidrohi. And that was why they tried the ring on him to make sure that they had a ring that fit him. It's just such an elaborate setup to get this man to acknowledge what he's done wrong. Yeah. And the whole time, meanwhile, he's just like plunging ahead. Yep. It's so ridiculous, but in such a delightful way where they were like, okay, well, he is going to all these lengths to try to spin this web of lies. Like, why don't we just spin him right back? Yeah. (laughs) And we do learn that Bitty's motivation for doing this, for kind of playing the long game here, she wanted to make make sure that Chirag wasn't still hung up on Bobbly, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. 
but it is become abundantly clear that he is not. Um, and yeah. so she says that she's sorry for all the trouble she caused. Okay, um, well, mm, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Tarag he somehow apologizes as well. Maybe it's just with his eyes, but he does too. Yeah. Um, and so they exchange rings, they embrace, and we see Bitty feed Tarag a sweet, which he says is bland. So she kisses him on the cheek, oh. and then we fade to black. And it is the end of the movie. So cute. So cute. I wanted them to kiss, though. I know, I did too. Both of them are people who kiss people in movies, but not in this one. I do, though, I want to talk about... One thing I really like about this movie is how they do the I'm not like other girls trope. Mm, Um, Yes. Because that's usually a very problematic trope. Yeah. It usually pits women against women. Exactly, yes. Like, other women are the enemy. I'm better than other women because I'm not like other women. And I like that here it's like society is Mm -hmm. the enemy and that it's very natural that Bitty would just be who she is and none of the other women in the movie seem to mind. I mean, her mom is frustrated that it means she has having trouble finding a husband, but she's never... I mean, even when she finds out that she smokes, she's not super critical of these choices that she makes. And in the U.S., I feel like that trope is always like, I like sports and I don't have emotional baggage. So I'm better than other women. And here it's like, no, I'm confident and I like who I am and I don't want to have to change who I am to be with somebody. Yeah, and I just, I really like that. I think it's, it's very well done. I do too. And I also like that while that's kind of the point of the movie, it's the point of the movie in relation to Bitty's own journey yes. within herself. Yes. It's not like a she's all that where we have to change you to attract the attention of a man who then does end up falling in love with who you are inside and then you can revert back to how you are. Right, yeah. He from the get-go, Trog is like, yeah, no, I'm into it. Like, yep. you're just a person mm-hmm. who I really admire and want to be with. Yeah. And it's not like, whoa, but she's so different. Like, that's just never a point of conflict for him. So, like, I agree. I really like that that's not the point of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I I totally agree. It's not about trying to change anyone for the better other than Chirag, who really needed to change. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's great. But I'm very excited to hear what you researched for this week. Yeah, I didn't, nothing really jumped out at me from this movie in particular, yeah. but it did get me thinking about authors and books because mm-hmm. I love books and yeah. authors. <laughs> and I just started wondering, like, I think this will probably be a common trend with us just being curious as to the experience of women mm-hmm. um, in general throughout history in this this other country, just because we're women. I'm yeah. still learning stuff about women's day-to-day experiences. Yeah. So I wanted to look up female authors in India. Mm. And I did find a whole list that I'm not going to go through that whole list, but it's kind of like groundbreaking female authors in the Indian subcontinent, you know, over the last two centuries. Um, So I did just pick like two women Mm -hmm. off that list to just give a brief synopsis of. But the first female novelist published in India was a woman named Swarna Kumari Devi, who was a Bengali poet. She actually worked at a literary monthly journal for more than 30 years. And this is in like the mid 19th century, mid to late 19th century. Okay. And she authored 25 books 
and numerous essays, including a collection of science essays. So she wrote on like a variety of subjects and her books and essays were published between like 1880 and 1889. Davy's first novel was called Dipnirban, which is The Snuffing Out of the Light, which was published in 1870, so actually before her essays were all published. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, it was originally published anonymously until eventually it kind of became commonplace knowledge that she was the author. Okay. So I believe that happened before her death, that people were kind of acknowledging that she had written this novel that was very well-liked. It was very popular. That's awesome. Um, She also published what is believed to be the first opera written in Bengali in 1879 called Basanta Utsif. Wow. She was prolific. Like, she was a poet. She wrote essays. She wrote novels. She apparently wrote, like, 300 songs. She... (laughs) <laughs> is an incredibly impressive person. I'm always amazed by people who have both a really creative mind and the kind of mind that can grasp scientific concepts. Yeah. Because there's there is a lot of overlap between those two worlds, but I am so far <laughs> in the one right? direction of that spectrum that I cannot grasp the other. Me too. And <laughs> apparently, like, her whole thing was that she was able to kind of, not dumb it down, but make scientific concepts understandable to like the common people that's so impressive yeah she sounds Uh, like a great lady she's super cool (laughs) Um, so again this woman's name is swarna kumari devi and she was not the first female writer we should specify that i had been trying to find like the first published female writer in the indian subcontinent Mm -hmm. she did publish the first female written novel okay but she's accepted as the first to widely achieve respect and popularity as a woman author. That's amazing. Yeah. But so that is Davy. And then the other woman I'm going to just spotlight is Malati Bedekar, who was alive from 1905 to 2001. Okay. So she wow. had a nice long life. Very yeah. long. Died at the age of 96. She was from Maharashtra, and she was the first prominent feminist writer in Marathi literature. She wrote both under her own name and the pseudonym Vibhavari Shurukar. Okay. Under her pseudonym, Bedekar wrote a collection of short stories called Kalyanche Nishwas and a novel called Hindolawar. Both were published in 1933 and both were published under her pseudonym. Okay. In these works, and this is the groundbreaking stuff, so in 1933, She was discussing extramarital cohabitation, a woman's right to live alone and run her own household, which continues to be a fight women are fighting in India, and dowry. Wow. Yep. And these topics were shocking and scandalizing to society at the time. So when these things were published, it prompted all of this massive public outrage. Mm -hmm. Um, But... That didn't stop Bedekar from announcing in a public speech a few years later that she was her pseudonym. <laughs> and I wrote, like, badass. That's, <laughs> like, yep, that's the way to do it. I don't know how long after this was, but um, I just like that she's just like, I'll write out the initial wave of hatred mm-hmm. <laughs> under my pseudonym, and then I'm going to let them all know it was me. By the way. <laughs> I think after she had already published a few other books and things. Yeah. But so those are just the two women I wanted to highlight just as uh, there were women like doing the work in like 
the 1800s and early 1900s when frankly it'd be really scary to be doing that Um, yeah definitely and they're incredible and there's so many more that we could and should talk about in the future but that just is a start but I also, as a little aside, Mm -hmm. it was curious to see all of these, like, women who were published 150, 200 years ago who were writing anonymously or under pseudonyms. Yeah. So I was like, why did women have to write under pseudonyms or anonymously in India? Was there a law against women being able to publish writing? And I wasn't able to find anything Indian-specific, but I did come across a pretty interesting article about, like, English writers, Mm -hmm. which since India was like an English colony, I kind of feel like, you know, since that culture was pushed on to them, maybe there's some similarities there. But um, in the late 18th and 19th centuries, writing was considered an unsuitable profession for women. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently writing for money was even worse. Oh. It was considered akin to prostitution. What? Yep. (laughs) I... Or, disagree. <laughs> yeah, I know. For a woman to write a novel, which would be sold to anyone willing to pay. Oh my god! It's so like, it's it's like okay, it's bad enough you want to write, but if you actually want to profit off of the work you've done, right? You're a prostitute. Prostitutes don't deserve scorn either. But it's just like what? Well, yeah, it's like you creating a story and then selling it is is not the same thing as selling your body and I don't say that to throw any shade on sex workers but like they're not the same and I think pretty much every sex worker and every author would agree (laughs) yeah people are just not people like men we know it was men (laughs) we know it was men (laughs) (laughs) they were just they were threatened by women's intelligence is the issue but yeah apparently female writers were called derogatory names such as female quill drivers Oh, I actually kind of like that. <laughs> I do. I know. I was like, I should get it. We should get T-shirts that say, "I'm a female quill driver." What yeah. are you? I drive those quills. I also am thinking in my head. I'm like thinking back to the sex work thing and just quill driver. But yeah, which also could be, yeah, could be it. I don't know. <laughs> but interestingly, so we've set that groundwork, but. A lot of women read a lot of books in the 18th and 19th century because women weren't supposed to have professions. They were just supposed to prepare for, like, a good marriage and running a household. Mm -hmm. But you can't do that every hour of every day. No. So women, like, devoured novels. We know this. Women have been reading for many, many years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And by the mid-18th century, the words, by a lady would appear in many title pages. Oh. So although it was unseemly to write a book as a woman, it was ideal to read books written by women. Because when you saw By a Lady, you knew it was written by a higher class woman and therefore contained a story and ideas that were suitable for other higher class women to read. This is exactly the kind of stuff that like, just makes my head hurt. The cognitive dissonance, just like, how do you logic through this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was bonkers. Yeah. Um, and so I, you might already know this little piece of Jane Austen trivia, but huge Jane Austen fans. And so yeah. I just wanted to put this in here. I know she's not related to India, 
but until we watch Aisha, <laughs> that's true. Yes, I mean we're going to have a whole segment on yep. classics. But Jane Austen's first novel, *Sense and Sensibility*, which was published in 1811, had "by a lady" written on the title page, ah. while her second novel. Pride and Prejudice had by the author of Sense and Sensibility. (laughs) So if you knew Sense and Sensibility, you knew it was also by a lady. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But Jane Austen never saw her name printed on the title page of any of her books. I hate that. Which is just bonkers. And then also the Bronte sisters were discouraged by their publisher from pursuing careers in writing because they were like, that's not a way for a woman to live and they ended up publishing their like first poetry collection under masculine pseudonyms. Wow. So I know I went a little bit white lady British. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's all very interesting. And I think I can appreciate, like you said, the connections there between these worlds, because this is the world that is influencing India for better mm-hmm. or worse. I mean, for worse. I also just really appreciate hearing about these two Indian mm-hmm. women authors two of many it sounds like which is uh, you know from this era I don't know it's still just so fascinating to hear that what was the name of the second author Malati Bedekar that Bedekar that she was writing about these societal issues that are still present today like almost a century later yeah writing about dowry writing about people living together outside of marriage writing about women getting to live independently and having that be groundbreaking then and having it be Mm -hmm. shocking to people And it's still shocking to people now. Yeah. That's wild. It's Um, wild and it's sad, too. It's very sad, yeah. These women who lived, yeah, like 120 years ago were fighting for the same acceptance that women today are fighting for. And a little, it's a little bit disheartening. But, um, yeah. What's the saying? Like, we're built on the women who came before us. Like, yeah. Well, and we yeah. can certainly relate, I feel, in a lot, of, a lot of the fights, the civil rights fights that happen in America, too. It's like oh you gosh. look back at where mm-hmm. things were 100, 200 years ago, the types of things people were saying, and change hasn't happened. So, yeah. Yeah. And I know we talk about a lot of men that we love on this podcast, yep. and there's also a lot of men who are... <laughs> The reason that it's still bonkers, that they're the reason that women aren't able to really live on their own. They're the reason that extramarital affairs, well, not an affair, but, you know, cohabitation before you're married is bonkers. Like, there needs to be control over the fairer sex. Yeah. Um, Anyway. We've talked before about how some of the political movements in America and some of the political movements in India feel similar to each other. There is this like resurgence of super conservative values that really prevent certain populations of people from living their lives comfortably and safely in the ways that they would want to live them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Those women are (laughs) badass. Yep. Okay. Um, So pluggables. Pluggables. Yeah. We have an Instagram it's two white girls talk Bollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate all the follows. If you want to find us on there, you can follow us, give us a like, mm-hmm. leave a comment, send us a message, yeah. whatever you want to do. If you like the podcast and you want to share it with someone you know, mm-hmm. that's great too. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends if you think they'll like it. We get it if you don't think they'll like it. <laughs> Listen, we um, have friends who we have to 
keep our Bollywood conversation to a minimum yes. around. That's why we have this podcast. So we <laughs> exactly. understand if you have friends who you can't share this with, that's why we're here. <laughs> yes, we'll be your friends. We're your um, friends. It's always lovely when you follow or download yeah. the podcast, review, rate it or not. If you just want to listen, we appreciate you too. That's fine too. Yeah, we're excited about all of the ways that people are interacting with us. It's really fun for us. And one of those fun ways that you can interact with us is via our uh, Spotify and YouTube playlists where mm-hmm. we add the songs that we choose as our favorites each week. So you can listen on Spotify, you can watch the videos on YouTube. This is where I will mention that Spotify has done a really stupid thing recently. And I don't know exactly if it's Spotify's fault or if it's Z5's fault, but it's they someone's fault. Lost, <laughs> lost a contract with a really big producer of Indian music. And now like tons of Bollywood music is just not available on Spotify anymore. And sadly, Bareilly Kibarfi was one of the victims of this. And so we will not be able to put these two faves on our Spotify playlist. We will definitely put them on our YouTube playlist, though. Yeah. Um, and we'll let people know when we do come across other movies that uh, that this has happened with. It's a real bummer, and it really sucks. Um, yeah. Because, and I also don't know how widespread this is. Like, I don't know if in other countries people have access to these songs on the platforms that they usually listen on. Um, yeah. And I just, I always hate, it's like, it's one thing for us two white ladies to not be able to access some of this content. <laughs> and it's another thing for people who live in America or just live outside of India who right. want to connect with their own actual cultural heritage yeah. who can't. And I just hate that. They have to be working on this, right? Like, this can't be permanent. This can't be forever. I it? hope they're working on it. I just had like, yeah, I read a couple articles about it that they were like, yep, nope, didn't renew. And I have they, no like, idea what's going to happen. They, like, chopped my Bollywood Jams playlist in half. Yeah. I don't even know what's missing. Like, that's the I know, worst yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. Just all of a sudden, all of our bangers playlists got a lot shorter. But nothing that we have watched so far in our podcast has been affected because this happened a while Before ago. That. Um, yeah. yeah, so this is our first movie where we're not going to be able to do that, but we will put them on YouTube and we link those two playlists in um, our episode descriptions for the podcast. And also Katie will link them on Instagram um, mm-hmm. on Tuesdays. So if you want to find us, uh, look out for those links and join us on those platforms as well. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any Bollywood news? I do. I have two things. Oh, right. One thing is a thing that we had started to talk about in person. Uh And then I was like, shut up. We can't talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta save it for the pod. But I did just confirm Mm -hmm. that Varun Dhawan is, he's going to be in Citadel, India. So he's not in Citadel. That's upsetting to me because I know. he should be in in everything. <laughs> um, well, and I had thought I had seen him listed in the cast for Citadel. Oh. Also, have we talked about Citadel on the podcast? We had. I had mentioned it a few weeks ago that it was coming okay. out, but it's out now. It right? is out now on Amazon Prime. Oh my um, god! I haven't watched it yet, so I'm not going to tell people to go and watch it because <laughs> I haven't done that yet. But we're excited about Priya being in it. I, it's going to be great. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go probably watch it, start it tonight. Yeah, I, I have been wanting to watch it. I do enjoy a good spy kind of thriller mm-hmm. action flick. And I love Priya, obviously. Also love Richard Madden. Also yeah. love Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> right? So all yeah, I was going to say, we've seen all of them in action flicks before. Right? You watched Bodyguard, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Oh, solid. Yeah. Loved Bodyguard. Solid show. Really yeah. good. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I have not seen Stanley Tucci kick butt, but I'm sure he can. <laughs> <laughs> I have every confidence. Okay. Too many white people are being mentioned, Kim. <laughs> yeah. It's a white people forward episode this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any Bollywood news? My first one was Shah Rukh Khan posted videos of his son, Aryan Khan, who is launching a clothing brand, <laughs> which is fun. And so they they did kind of a promo video together um, where you see like Aryan is like, I don't know, writing on a chalkboard and then he walks away and then Shah Rukh comes up and is there. So he's like the brand ambassador. He's going to be like the face of his son's clothing brand. Um, which is super cool and he seems very proud and it's fun too because in Sharuk's post he like put credits for the video and Ariad actually directed the promo video so that's cool that's cool um I I get excited about stuff like this I also recognize the nepotism that is happening here and who knows mm-hmm. if Aryan Khan would have a clothing brand if his father was not Shah Rukh Khan. But I, I'm also glad to see him trying to do something different and go in a different direction with, with what he wants to be doing with his life. Yeah. Yeah. My second piece of Bollywood news is that Tiger Shroff was wearing a sweater vest and he looked great. That's important news. And this is news. Yep. So <laughs> if you don't believe it's news, fight me. <laughs> Um, yeah, these are the groundbreaking headlines that we are, that we are here to deliver. Um, my last piece of Bollywood news is not really even news yet, but it's just that the Film Fair Awards are happening, I think tomorrow night at the time Mm. that we're recording. So they're happening on April 27th. So by the time this episode drops, they will have already happened, but we can talk about them for the episode that goes after that. And yeah, so that's really exciting. They're like probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest Bollywood award shows. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did see that Salman Khan is hosting uh, with backup from Ayushman Karana. Okay, well, that sounds great. Yeah. And Ayushman had posted a video, like sort of a montage video of like preparations. I think Vicky Koshal, Katrina Kaif's husband, is is going to be performing because he also posted some behind the scenes stuff. We'll probably be seeing many of our favorite stars out and hopefully yes. some of them will go home with awards. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Our next flick. Yeah. The next film we'll be watching, we're going back to Tiger Shroff. Mm -hmm. We left him for a little while and uh, I can never go too long. Yep. Nope. (laughs) She's got to get her fix. The sweater vest pictures aren't enough. (laughs) No, they are not. (laughs) So we are watching Muna Michael. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Um, Yep. It's available to watch on Amazon Prime using the Eros Now add-on. Mm-hmm. And it's about a boy who learns how to dance like Michael Jackson. And he dances like, like, that's like, that's kind of the whole thing. But there's gangsters involved. So Mm -hmm. it's great. I think, I mean, this is a, this is a very fun, very silly movie. It is not trying to take itself seriously in any way. So nor should anyone who watches it. Um, (laughs) It's just a movie about a guy who fights people and dances. And that's really (laughs) all 
we need, you know? There is, like, yeah, time. there's definitely... There's definitely a plot. There's also a dance competition. Yep. Many, many good dance numbers. Yes. This will be our first Tiger Shroff forward movie. Mm-hmm. He's definitely, you know, a secondary lead in war. You'll notice that as we watch other Tiger Shroff movies, they are all kind of about a boy who's good at fighting <laughs> and good at dancing. Like, that's pretty much <laughs> what he's got going for him. And that is enough for us. Yes. Um, he's also got, he's got the more classic tiger hair. Yes. In this one. Yeah. War was not his typical look. Yeah, no. He's a little little more shaggy. A little more shoveled, a little a little, a little more, more shoveled. shoveled. A little more disheveled. <laughs> a little less shoveled. <laughs> um yeah. And I do also uh want to mention I don't know that I have seen anyone in the cast in anything else. Other than Pankaj Tripathi. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so this is our, our third Pankaj Tripathi movie. He's not a really a likable character in this one, but no. uh, he is here. And then he's also in the movie we're watching after this, too. Yeah. He's, he's everywhere. Again, he's just, he is like, based on the movies that I have seen yeah. coming out of the Indian subcontinent, he's that guy. Yeah. But like, we have a few of those actors in Hollywood too, where you're just like, oh my God, it's that guy. He's in everything. (laughs) It's that guy. (laughs) And you're always happy to see him. Yeah. The plot description on IMDb is a young man tries to follow the footsteps of his idol, the king of pop, Michael Jackson. That doesn't tell us anything about what the movie is about. Oh my God. Okay. I mean, you learn that in like the first scene. Yeah. Yeah. On Amazon Prime, it says, India's first ever dance action film starring Tiger Shroff as a street dancer who turns, sorry, (laughs) who turns dance guru for a gangster. (laughs) Mahindar, played by Nawazuddin Siddiqui. So that's one sentence. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, it is about a street dancer who turns dance guru for a gangster. It is. It's like Pretty Woman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah just like pretty woman <laughs> or um, yeah like my fair lady <laughs> yeah so get excited for that yeah get some tiger in there mm-hmm. Feld m-u-n-n-a m-i-c-h-a-e-l muna michael definitely worth a watch if you're looking for a good time yeah we hope you enjoy yep a lot of moonwalking is that what it's called Yes, that is what it's called. That is what it's called. Yeah. Katie well, and I are a lot of hats. so knowledgeable about like Michael Jackson and pop music. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, remember Bollywood doesn't need us, but we need Bollywood. And then we moonwalk away. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just moonwalk away. <laughs> <it back. laughs>